Raymond, we have a juicy trade rumor for you. The 49ers are inquiring about NBA All-Star Victor Oladipo. Oh, wait. Wait, that's not the 49ers. It's it's actually the Golden State Warriors. That's right. Uh, we actually do cover news about the other two Bay Area, San Francisco base, Bay Area teams in the professional sports world. This is true. It's interesting to note that the team we cover the most, the San Francisco 49ers, are actually the only team that doesn't play in San Francisco. Yes. <laughs> yes, uh, totally, totally accurate. And uh, they get more love than the two teams that actually rep, rep our hometown. Inside our hometown. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of like me, though. I mean, I... I I goldcast I broadcast from Los Angeles about San Francisco <laughs> <laughs> about San Francisco absolutely now Raymond why don't you let the people know where can they find this uh, podcast about San Francisco they can find this partially based LA podcast covering San Francisco <laughs> sports. On Instagram, at the Goldcast, they can also follow us on Twitter, at the underscore Goldcast. And more importantly, they can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, YouTube, anywhere that podcasts are syndicated, we can be found. If you're on the YouTubes, make sure to leave a comment and a like, because that's how the algorithm works there. It tells YouTube what to do with the video and how to categorize it within the other slew of videos within our category. And make sure to hit the little notification bell. That way you get notified when we go live on the line, baby. We're not just connected to the internet. We are on the line. We are literally on it. <laughs> so make sure to comment and leave a like because we want to get your take on the other two Bay Area teams that you perhaps follow as much as we do. So get into the hoops and get your bat ready because it's time for two other professional sports. <laughs> That's right. Our boy candlestick will is back and we are here to talk all warriors all giants it is going down are the warriors going to trade for victor Oladipo? can they make a playoff run and will the giants actually be able to get in to that at least second spot in the nl west we're going to talk about it but first the greatest podcast intro in the game is about to drop your professor of fanalism i'm in the building the greatest fanalist in the game he's here too classes in session let's go san francisco are you ready, ready? this is the gold cast boom Welcome to another edition of the Gold Cast. We are the Voice of the Bay. I'm your host, Rudy Salisa III, and with me is my brother, my co-host. Raymond Salisa I, baby. And our esteemed co-hosts. Candlestick Will. Boom! He's back! Our boy is back in the building. Welcome back, Candlestick Will. It is great to see you, my friend. I'm here. So, I'm back. You are. And as we know... When Candlestick Will is here, it is time. We are going all hoops, all baseball, all NBA, all MLB. Here we go. And we've got some major, big topics today. And first, one of our favorite topics here at the Gold Cast, rumor mills. The rumor mill. We love trade rumors. Who doesn't love a good trade rumor? And this first one coming up is a player 
that I wanted to see on the Warriors all the way back now for the last couple of years. A guy that I thought had the mental makeup, the mental drive, the he just fit the Warriors system. Now, unfortunately, this season he has not been the player he was in the past, and that would be one Victor Oladipo. But he has been linked to a possible trade to the Warriors. Now, as, as everyone has mentioned across the league, the Warriors have some of the best possible assets. They've got this Minnesota Timberwolves pick for 2021, their first round pick. And of course, they have rookie sensation James Wiseman as a, poss- as a possible trade piece, if need be, if that was the route they wanted to go. Having this first round pick, having this young stud rookie makes them a very attractive marketplace. And Bob Myers has already said that there is a strong possibility that the Warriors would be very aggressive at the trade deadline, which of course is March 25th. So here's the question though. Victor Oladipo is playing for the Rockets, coming off that Achilles injury from last year, has not quite been the same guy he was in the past. So I'm gonna ask you, Candlestick Will, we're putting you on the clock first. Is trading for Victor Oladipo the right move for the Warriors? The short answer is no. Um, Not because he's not a good fit, but because his salary and what we'd have to give up to get him is way overpriced right now. He's not having a good year right now. However, what we would need him for is to be a starting two guard when healthy, but at least at bare minimum, be able to run that second unit that's just dreadful at this point with guys that are just in over their head and guys having terrible seasons. Um, we desperately need a guy who can run the floor and be that second unit guy. Um, he's not a Sean Livingston, but we need someone like a Iguodala, Livingston, those kinds of players. We need more of those kinds of players if we want to have any kind of depth for any kind of playoff run. And Oladipo would definitely be one of those guys. And when he's right, he's absolutely a starting five, you know, impact player. The problem is, is that to get him, we'd have to give up someone like Kelly Oubre, who's got an expiring contract, who'd basically be just a swap of contracts. And to give up someone like Oubre and Wiseman for a guy who's only going to be around for a couple months and then could go in free agency, is just not worth it. Now, if he ends up getting bought out and becomes a free agent where they can just pick him up, then I think that makes a lot more sense. Because if you're going to lose Oubre and Wiseman and that Washington or in that Minnesota pick, you need to get someone like a Bradley Beal. It's if you're going to give up all of that, you need to get someone who is absolutely no doubt a guy who's gonna start this year and start beyond this year. The thing about the cap situation the Warriors have right now is Steph's making the max and will get an extension soon. Clay's making the max, Dre's making the max. So if you lose Oubre for nothing, or if you bring a guy in and then just let him walk, you can't replace that money with anything because you're over the cap. So the only way to make your team better is to bring in more guys and even go further into the cap. So whether that's replacing Oubre with someone who's making the same money but will still be here like a Bradley Beal, or or go get somebody else that's in a similar situation, that's the only thing that really does make sense. Because if you were to get Oladipo and then just let him walk or just let Oubre walk at the end of the year, you're actually losing someone you can't replace because you can't go out and get someone that's making $15 million or $20 million or whatever those contracts are 
um, because you don't have this cap room to bring someone in with that kind of money. Whereas if you trade for someone that's got a longer-term deal, like a Bradley Beal, then you have the pieces to stick around and keep because you're allowed to go beyond the cap when you're just trading guys with even money. The cap space, the cap space is something I was reading about too, and that that one caveat alone with the position we're in is tough. And it's also for me, I would say, as much as I would love to see Victor Oladipo in this system, and as much as I think that Victor Oladipo would 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 I think we could get him back to the levels he was before his injury. The problem is, it doesn't make sense that the that the Warriors give up that first round pick that Minnesota Timberwolves pick for a guy who could be on the Miami Heat in you know in within 6 months from now you know like it just doesn't make a lot of sense and not only that if we're going to give up that kind of capital it has to be for an impact player that puts us in a position to make like a real real run and the question is does 2021 Victor Oladipo give us a chance to go for a real run i don't necessarily think that's the case yeah exactly so then my last question is before we move on, is there even a possibility for a Bradley Beal? Because it doesn't sound like it doesn't sound like coming out of Washington, Bradley Beal wants to be traded or it doesn't sound like he wants to be traded. And it sounds like Washington is not interested in trading Bradley Beal. So is that even realistic at this point? I don't think it is. I do think that if Bradley Beal is traded, the Warriors have enough to get him. I do think that you give up the Minnesota pick and Wiseman with a expiring deal like Ubre. Those three things alone, because then you just fill in with you know Wanamaker or Pool or you know whatever small you know Damian Lee, whatever small contracts you need to fill it out. But as far as I know, I'm pretty sure when I was looking at the numbers that if you give up Ubre, um, Wiseman, and that pick, unless they also want someone like Eric Pascal. Um, that would be enough to get him. And, you know, as much as fans might like Eric Pascal and think he's a nice fit, and, and, and he is, he's a guy who can certainly be a rotation guy down the line. Um, he's worth giving up if you're getting a Bradley Beal back. There, there's only 20 or 30 guys in the league that are, all, are all-stars, playing at an all-star level, and are going to get better, and Bradley Beal's one of them. And so, to me, he's worth giving those pieces up. Because your other your only options with Ubre is to bring him back for a three or four year deal maybe at a similar price tag, which is expensive, and or just riding it out with someone like Wiseman, which could work beautifully down the line, or it could end up being a bust because it's really hard to be really good in the NBA. And sometimes getting that finished product like a Bradley Beal, who's already in his prime, is the smarter move for the short term of Steph, Clay, and Draymond, how many years do they have left in their prime? And you add a Bradley Beal and still have someone like an Andrew Wiggins, you've got a lot of pieces, essentially five max contracts, all allowed to play together because of the system that's set up. That makes it hard to go get depth, but it gives you a loaded front-end roster, which still can win in this league. Yeah, and actually we've seen we saw that basically for the back-to-backs with the Warriors that that's exactly what we had, right? And you know, and then you saw that depth, that lack of depth come to bite our ass in 2019. But you know, well, and anyways, we're, and we're a, seeing this I won't go too often a tangent, but we'll see we're seeing this right now. We saw this with the Warriors when they would got, get guys like David West for nothing and or DeMarcus Cousins came for free basically. But the New York the New Jersey Nets or the Brooklyn Nets, I should say, 
and the Lakers and the Clippers are going to be fighting for the best free agents the next couple months when guys get bought out. So an Andre Drummond or whoever or whoever else gets bought out will suddenly be available to those teams, and they're going to pick one of those teams. You know, maybe they'll pick a Sixers or, or a Heat or some other team in the East because they think it's a an easy route to get to the Eastern Conference Finals. But you know, Blake Griffin signed with the Nets because they're the team that has the best chance to get to the finals. You know, the other team, other players are going to choose the Lakers because they have an easier road to the finals. Um, and so the Warriors aren't going to necessarily get the best available buyouts because they don't have the easiest path. And with no clay and with really just Draymond and, and Steph um, that you can count on, because even Wiggins has been a little inconsistent lately. If you're a free agent, you're not going to pick the Warriors over those other teams right now. So it's going to be difficult to find, even if someone like Oladipo becomes available in the buyout, he might pick Miami now. He might pick somewhere else, and he might not pick the Warriors. So if they can get someone like an Oladipo off the buyout market, that would be a beautiful thing because I do think he would be a great fit. I just don't think his price tag right now is worth actually trading for. Interesting. All right, here we go, gentlemen. Moving on. It's still on the Warriors, though, but now we're looking beyond the trade deadline and into the playoffs. So right now, as of today, and we're recording this at 9 o'clock on Thursday, March 11th, the Warriors are currently playing the Clippers. Both teams on a three-game losing streak. One team is going to go to four. One team is going to start a one-win game streak. We are currently at sitting at 19-18, and 18, and we are 10th in the West. Now, Draymond says was on first take, and he was saying that he believes the team hasn't hit its ceiling. That James Wiseman, the rookie, you know, can't be a it's no, he can't be a rookie in the second half of the season. It's time to step up. It's time to really make that push. And the he, Draymond believes the Warriors will be in the playoffs this year. Raymond, I'm going to turn it to you, brother. Do you believe him? Will the Warriors be in the West? Will they be in the West? Will they be in the playoffs? I should say, uh, come April. It's it's hard to say because they're so, you know, their role players are so inconsistent and really are the ones contributing to them, you know, not being able to get over the 500 or always being a game over 500. So I, I'm actually starting to become a little doubtful now because they've, even when the whole squad is together, I thought that they could string together some better win streaks. They've only got one three-game win streak all all year long. They're still doing that drop drop uh, drop as many as they win game, and I just think at this pace in their division, they're not going to be able to win enough games to even pull eighth seed. So I'm kind of leaning on the more pessimistic side of things. I mean, there's hope, but they really got to start to string together wins here if they want a chance. Because right now, I just don't see it. What do you think, Candlestick Will? Do the Warriors make the playoffs this year? They will. It's easier this year because they've got the set, the, the play-in games for the ninth and 10th seeds. So they'll have – I mean, I don't know if that's – I don't think that actually officially counts as playoffs. I don't think they're counting the play-in as playoffs. Um, but I do think that if they get into the play-in, that they'll still have a chance of getting to the playoffs. Um, they're gonna. They they they've lost tonight. They're down by like forty right now. Um, 
they they're probably going to lose the next two as well. Um, they're playing the two best teams in the West. That being said, the rest of the schedule this second half is fairly easy and a lot of home games. So that doesn't guarantee anything. They're playing very inconsistent. As Ray mentioned, they only have the one three-game win streak. It was actually pretty fascinating how they hadn't lost three in a row and they hadn't won three in a row pretty much all season, which is exactly how they've played. Is a 500 team that doesn't really have they, – they have enough grit and, and talent with Steph alone – to avoid three game losing streaks, but they don't have enough talent and depth and and uh, chemistry to win three games in a row. And so they're gonna likely lose six in a row here. And it's and this is more just the unfortunate set uh, cluster of the schedule. Um, this is very similar to what the Niners faced uh, um, a couple years ago with that eight uh, eight and two gauntlet of three teams in a row. Um, and uh, the only difference being is that the Warriors aren't really up to take on this challenge the way the Niners were at the time. Um, but like I said, that being said, three games from now, when the rest of the season goes, the Warriors do still have an opportunity to get something going. The hard part with that, and you guys have seen this in sports all the time, when you win six in a row or seven in a row, whoever's the next opponent, you feel pretty confident. When you lose six in a row, the next game feels pretty daunting no matter who you're facing. So unless they have 17 more games against the Timberwolves, you know, they might <laughs> still feel like they're not really, you know, ready for prime time. With all of that said, there was enough veterans in that locker room with even guys like Bazemore and, and Damian Lee and some of these guys. It's like they're not going to lay down. They're going to play like this is their last opportunity to play in this in this league. And you get enough guys that play with that kind of dogfight in them, and you can you can turn this thing around. But like we've seen with this whole season, it's an up and down year. So there's only so many Steph forty point games that we're gonna see because it's just not humanly possible for someone to just go off for fifty every night. Um, so can somebody else be consistent? Ubre was in February. Wiggins was before that. We really haven't seen anyone else show any consistency offensively so their defense has to be elite and some nights they look pretty good and other nights they don't look good at all um and so this trade deadline i think is a big moment for bob myers can he find something can he upgrade can he pull something off we'll see what he does he's well and that ties right back into what we're saying right that it's all about what happens at this trade trade deadline and if anything happens uh, Raymond what were you going to say he said they're going to be aggressive so you know I I believe him when he says something like that the question is is he going to get someone worthwhile that's going to be more consistent than the role players that we have right now you know I, I like a lot of these guys I like the play that I've seen out of them at times but it's just too inconsistent and the record reflects that so I'm curious to see what Bob Myers can pull off because I mean even the guys that we have now for all of their shortcomings, they're quality players. You know, they're, they're good role players. I, I like them. I like to watch them. They're fun to watch. It's just, it's just not, hasn't gelled yet. I, you know, you would need another season with this crew together to really get the best of them. Draymond's right in that they haven't hit their ceiling, but I don't think that they're going to find that ceiling this season. You need more time in a game of basketball to really kind of find that gel. The Warriors didn't gel, you know, and I mean, 
they were already a playoff team when Kerr found them. And then Kerr got, you know, them in the third, you know, in their third swing at a playoff run. So they had several seasons of that core and that group, you know, to really kind of they in other words, they were seasoned, you know, so to speak, when Kerr got to them. This group is fresh, you know, they're really raw. So I just there's just not enough time in the season to see them gel the way we'd like to see them gel. But uh, I'm still that said, you know, it's it's still possible for Bob Myers to swing a pick, you know, or not a pick, but swing a trade that might make the difference in getting over this this hump of of win two, lose two, win three, lose three. Yeah, definitely. I totally agree. Uh, it, uh, it It is going to be very interesting. I I am still on the fence because uh, I, I don't really know. I'm not saying that they might not make trades for some role players, but, you know, let's say arguably the two of the biggest guns, the ones we've already mentioned, Bradley Beal and Victor Oladipo, it, it just doesn't look like there's really a realistic path for the Warriors to get either of those guys. And if we can't get someone that's on on either of those two players' levels, I just don't really see... I don't really see a major trade coming. You know, we, we maybe we swap out some of these role players and we hope for the we hope for a little bit more of a deeper bench. Um, but you know, as we mentioned, Steph really needs help on the starting line. I mean, that's really number one. He needs some somebody else that can generate offense on a nightly basis other than himself. You know, that with that, if we don't change that, it's just not going to happen. You know, and I'm not saying that we don't we don't get to the playoffs. I'm just saying this is you're not going to see this you're gonna, you're not going to see this team go f- further than maybe the eighth seed. All right, guys, let's move on. Baseball time. We're getting so close. I am so excited because last year was such a great run. It was really fun to see this team that everyone had predicted to be last place in the NLS. Totally uh, surprise expectations and come within a couple of games shy of actually making it to the wild card. So it's great great to see that. And, of course, we're all hoping the Warriors can either stay at this level, but really what we want is them to get better. Now, according to Vegas, Vegas has them, their odds right now is they have them set at winning 75.5 games for next season. And that puts them behind the Padres and then the Dodgers. So my question is, Candlestick Will, we're going back to you. Do the Giants have enough to make the leap to second, at least a second. I know the Dodgers are stacked beyond stacked beyond stacked. I'm not even considering that, really. But do we have enough to at least sneak into the second spot? Or if you're a betting man today, are you sitting here going, no way, bro. Giants are gonna, Giants are staying at third place. What are your thoughts? Yeah, they, they're they not getting second place. I, I Even the most optimistic fan, they don't have the starting pitching. Um, they... They do have a damn good lineup. Like, it's going to be a very underrated until people finally wake up lineup. Like, they have a talented lineup coming back that's deep, that has um, platoon across the board. They have a lot of options to play a lot of different players that can hit hit the ball when they're facing a right-handed pitcher or a left-handed pitcher. They're, They're building a lineup that can handle both. With that said, they just don't have the pitching to stay with the two two of the best teams in baseball. Like you know, the the Mets made some really nice moves. The Braves are going to be really really good. Um, the Cardinals are obviously going to be good after adding Arenado. But 
the Dodgers and Padres are the two best teams in the NL. Um, I, I maybe maybe the Braves are better than the Padres, but the the Padres not only have kept this core together and, and extended uh, Tatis, but they went and traded for Blake Snell, who's one of the best pitchers in all of baseball. Um, proved it in in the playoffs, you know that he's an ace, and they already had a pretty good pitching staff. These are not your older brother's Padres. Like these are this Padres front office is a front office that Bruce Bochy would have won some World Series with because they are willing to go out and buy Machado and they're willing to keep Tatis forever and they're willing to trade for guys like Blake Snell and they're willing to keep their core and not make stupid moves and give up, you know, a bunch of their prospects for guys that aren't worth it. Like this that team's loaded. Now, they've never done it before. You know, they had the extended playoffs last year, so the Padres made the playoffs, but they didn't do much in the playoffs. But they're so loaded, they're absolutely going to be part of that con- conversation. Now, we're getting Buster Posey back. I don't know what we'll see with him. We are better than we were last year. We've got some pitchers that are come in that, if they pitch well, will give us a lot more depth. Our bullpen's pretty deep, which could absolutely help us, especially at the trade deadline. If we wanted to give up some of those relief pitchers for you know for a bat or for a starter, um, but I also think this front office has specifically targeted 2022 as when they were going to start really competing, and unless they get blown away in the minor leagues with guys like Marcos Luciano or Elliot Ramos or Hunter Bishop or you know even Joey Bart who had a cup of coffee in the big leagues last year. If those guys are raking so much that they get called up and then they start just blowing the cover off the ball at the major league level, then maybe seconds realistic. But I think right now, based on what they did last year and what they have right now, there's zero chance that they would get anything better than third. I mean, there's some outlets that are giving them fourth or fifth, which is crazy because the Rockies are so much worse now than they were last year. And there's nothing to show that the Diamondbacks are going to be better, um, but they're underestimating the guys that were brought in by the by the Giants. So um, I do think third's realistic. I don't think second is, um, but I would love to be proved wrong, just and like any fan. Raymond, your thoughts, and then we're going to wrap it up. I'm of similar ilk because they baseball is a defensive sport, and the one thing you need in baseball to really kind of uh, make the tournament is pitching. There's not even a single ace on this roster. I mean, I, I know that they still have Johnny Cueto, but he's not the same pitcher, the same ace that we had a few years ago. Um, I do also agree with Kendall Sickwell on the uh, the the offensive roster. Uh, the lineup is terrific. I think they're going to be pretty fun to watch. They've caught uh, some really good depth, some great pop, um, and I think that's going to be kind of. It's going to be a if they really want to make a shot at the second at, at, at second place realistically, they're going to have to get quality pitching out of the bullpen to sustain whatever lead that they can muster up from the starter and the lineup. And yeah, and that, that to me that it's going to be the, between the bullpen and the starting lineup to really kind of give them the leads they need in order to close out games. But you know, baseball is a streaky sport. And I don't know if any of these guys are going to be able to do it. While it looks good on paper, we'll just have to see how it comes together. But, I mean, we all knew this from the start. This was going to be a multi-year process in order to get back into a viable, contentious, you know, uh, 
position within the NL West. And this year, it's just not quite there. But I think we're going to start to see signs of it. It's just a question of which young gun is going to step up that's going to show us those flashes of what we can expect in 2022. Yeah, it is a very loaded Los Angeles Dodgers and a very loaded San Diego Padres. But, you know, the best part is, is that even the be- the best part is the best all the Dodgers have done so far, the best thing they have done is earn a interim World Series title. The, 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 the world champs are still the Nationals. The Dodgers have the interim title. That is accurate. Until they can go through. That, yes, until they can win a full season and go through a full season and a full playoff run, then they can be crowned world champions. Right now they have the interim championship title. They, that's yeah, all they have. They're like uh, Boromir's dad in Lord of the Rings. He was just the steward of Gundor. That's, that's what the Dodgers <laughs> are right now. They are the steward of the championship trophy right now. <laughs> there, there's no there's no bitterness here the fact that you know lakers won a mickey mouse ring and the, and the uh, dodgers you know won in a 60 game season we're, we're we're not bitter bay area fans with those that, i don't i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> exactly all right guys candlestick will thanks for coming on can't wait to have you on soon again our boy our esteemed co-host and let us know in the comments folks do the Warriors make a trade? And if they do, for who? And can the Giants break past third third in the NOS? We say no, but maybe you say it different. Maybe there's someone out there that's going, no, if you look at the numbers and blah, 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 blah. And if you do, I want you to make that case because that's incredible. Go to youtube.com slash the goldcast. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. And so concludes another edition of the Goldcast. We are the voice of the Bay. I'm your host, Rudy Sousa third, and with me is my brother, my co-host. Raymond Salisa first, baby. And our esteemed co-hosts. Candle, stick, will. Nice. Boom! <laughs> we'll see you next time. Same Goldcast time, same Goldcast channel. This is, is the Goldcast.